1: All right, we're going to get you ready for the Bucks at the Cleveland Browns. Bucks coming off a bye week. They've won two in a row. They are 5-5 five and five in first place in the NFC South. Can they keep that momentum going despite not having a game last week after their best performance, I guess you would say, in Germany against Seattle? We're going to talk about that game, preview it uh, with the Browns. Jacoby Brissett, the quarterback. They missed Deshaun Watson, Steve, by one week. One week, and they would have had a Deshaun Watson game. Uh, the first one back, but uh, instead he'll play against Lovey Smith. Yeah, How seems... crazy is that
2: going to be next week? God. Granted, I know they're on the road at Houston of all places.
1: I'm telling you, you can't – like sports, that's what I love about sports. It's like it's weirder than fiction, right? Like you just said, yeah, so this guy, right, he's going to be a great quarterback and then he's going to have like all these lawsuits and then they're going to kick him out of the league. But when he comes back, he goes back against his former team and that's his first game. Yeah, okay, stop it. <laughs> yeah, no, really it is. Um, and so – uh That that'll be that'll be a fun one, but yeah. Instead, they get so Brissett. We were looking this up. This is the third uh, game that they will play against Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, all with different teams. (laughs) It's the weirdest thing, man. It's like uh, they played uh, against him uh, with would have been I think it would have been Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. They played against him in Miami, and now this will be the third team with the Cleveland Browns. Crazy.
2: What's his record? What was the other two games?
1: I think he lost them both. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. So uh, they, the Miami game wasn't even close. It was one that they had here so uh, a few years ago. But, uh, you know, listen, they, they don't run around their quarterback, so to speak. I mean, this is a – you know, this this Cleveland team is uh, sort of controlled by the running game, Nick Chubb um, in particular. But we'll, we'll break that down here in just a second. Yeah. Um, We've also got uh, we've got a couple of mailbag questions that uh, that we'll hit at various times today as well mm-hmm. that were kind of left over. In fact, let's start with one right now. All
2: right. Well, uh, Captain Brady had tweeted us, and it's actually two tweets. so it'll take It'll take
1: us. Is that really go. his name, Captain Brady? Well, that's what his Twitter <laughs> handle is. <laughs> sure, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, so, Captain Brady tweets, Rick. It seems that Bruce Arians and people in the Bucks organization think that Tom Brady will play next year as the Bucks' quarterback. I'd say it's a no-brainer. NFC South is in shambles. Next season's schedule is a lot easier than this one. Ryan Jensen will be back. His whole offense is signed for two more years. You said last week you didn't think Brady would play in Tampa in 2023. Yet people in the organization disagree with you and say the chances are high. Any chance you take back what you said now after hearing what they have said?
1: No, in fact, after hearing this question, I'm even more I'm more, more certain of my answer. And and listen, if every time the Bucs disagreed with me, uh I changed my mind, that, there would have been a lot of things uh that probably wouldn't have happened like i don 't know Antonio Brown would be one of them. They disagree with me on that as well um, listen it, here's what i here 's what I think I think is Peter King would say by the way, Peter King was in Germany. I got to spend a little time with him over there. It was neat uh and so all right, Tom Brady, first of all, like when you when you say people within the Bucks organization believe he 'll be back next year all right i want I read. Uh, and I'm not going to dignify the uh, publication, but I read one anonymous quote, which I love, uh, from someone in the Bucks organization. Now, when you say someone in the Bucks organization, like, what are we talking about here, right? Now, is this the videographer? Like, what are, who are we talking about? Um, but someone who said that they felt that there was a good chance or a chance or a don't discount or don't rule out, whatever the, the phrase was, that Tom Brady you going know, to be right back here next year. Um, I don't know who this person is. I don't know where they rank. Are we talk? Who we talking about? Jason Light? Who are we talking about? So that's the first problem I have with it. Second problem I have with it is that we're assuming that things are going to go well the rest of the year. I mean, they're five and five. Okay, let's start there, Um, Mr. Brady. Question, man, because if you were going to tell me that you know you know how the rest of the season is going to go and they go on and they, they get to a Super Bowl and win it, or maybe just get to a Super Bowl, then that that's one possibility, right? But at 5-5, five and five, with having played five good quarters in the last, I don't know, you know, seven weeks, eight weeks, I, I don't think you can really be sure that they're not going to finish with a losing record. I mean, I'm serious about that. Like, I think they're going to be favored in every game but San Francisco, but that's based on how they played in Germany, not based on how they played most of the season. If you base it on how they played most of the season, losing to teams like Pittsburgh and Carolina, who didn't have a quarterback in either game, then then I would say, well, so so Tom Brady's coming back if they're seven and ten, or don't make the playoffs. Like what what would make you think that he'd want a, a piece of that again, right? So my original thought, and and I listen, it's been sort of proven in a way that, you know, we know he was trying to work a deal with Miami as recently as last January when he was actually going to play a playoff game with the Bucs. And he had another year under contract with the Bucs when he was trying to do that. So any guy that at that time was saying, Hey, you know, I'd like to be a free agent again and try another team, maybe with another coach. Well, you know, I I don't know what would have changed other than there was tampering and he got caught. You know, I, I just, I think he wants to be a free agent. And guys who want to be a free agent, just like his last year in New England, he knew that was it. You know, they they didn't have a contract beyond that year. And nor was he just going to sign a one-year deal because he wanted to look around. He never had that opportunity. So he's going to want to look around again and, and be able to, to, to pick his team, uh, you know, pick the players, like have the control that he's had here. Will the Bucks take him back in a heartbeat? Have you seen the ticket sales? They added – they added seats to the end zone this year because he's brought so many people here. So yeah, they've had they've had him back under any circumstance. But I just don't believe if he plays that he's not going to open it up for 31 other teams to say come get me because that, you know, that seems to be what he's what he's been doing of late. Um so it 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 sounds good. I'm sure it's I'm sure whoever said it, Mr. Anonymous probably believes a lot of that and you know maybe maybe they have a better feeling about it than i than i would but you know all i know is he doesn't have a contract okay he can talk to anybody go anywhere and do anything and i a i don't know if he's going to play but b if he does i just feel like he's going to try to pick a, a different situation maybe it's san francisco um two looks like he's kind of settled in in miami so that that proverbial ship may have sailed, but maybe not, right? If Tua gets in the playoffs or misses the playoffs or plays poorly and they have a really good football team with all those receivers in Miami, they may take a flyer on them for a year. You know, you're not saying you're never going back to your young franchise quarterback. You're just saying, I'm not going to him now. So I think he'll he'll do the tour and, and uh, you know, not not physically, but he'll look around and try to find another place to play. I, yeah, I I stand by what I said just because – Somebody reported an anonymous quote from somebody we don't know in the organization who's sort of wishful thinking that he'll be back. The evidence says he's going to go to Fox and call games or he's going to go someplace else because he's a free agent. And, oh, by the way, they're 5-5. Five and five. It's not going well, okay? Despite the last five quarters, which are great, they've got a lot of games left to play. Let's see if they're the team that played in Germany or the the team that played, you know, the five previous weeks to that just horribly. So I'm sticking to my guns, man. Got me fired up, man. It's a heck of a way to start the podcast here on a Friday. So you know I'm gonna go talk about now, I'm gonna talk about energy. You wanna talk about energy? I got some energy. I'm gonna save you money on your energy bill. We're talking about May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a family owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems for a dozen years and in a field where there's all these other companies may electric solar is committed to you for the long term get this they guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty that means anything goes wrong man they're up there on that roof fixing your solar energy uh, panels and whatnot plus with every installation you get 750 dollars worth of surge protection for all your appliances that is the May difference if you visit their hudson showroom may electric displays all their products that conduct on-site testing so you can see what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. You know exactly who's going to do the job. Those are Billy Mays guys up there installing it. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, this is what is hard to determine in the national football league. And it's the thing that's, you know, again, you can't really, it's not tangible. It's one of those intangible things. It's called momentum, right? Momentum is huge in sports and momentum is, is a direct descendant of confidence. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's a big sort of a chicken and the egg thing. Like everybody talks about culture. We got to change the culture, 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 you know, well, you know what culture, culture is? It's winning. And some people think, well, you've got to change the culture and then you win. No, no, no. Winning is actually what changes the culture. And you've got to do certain things well uh, in order to win. And this football team hasn't done many things well for the balance of the season. They are a 5-5 five five team. I know they're winning the NFC South. I know they won their last two games. But you really break it down, they played five okay or, or better than okay quarters uh in the last two games five not not eight five and so i i still think they're fully capable of losing to anyone because i've seen them do it i've seen them lose to carolina with no quarterback or, or you know their star running back or receiver i've seen them you know lose to a pittsburgh team that uh couldn't get out of its own way and so you know up until their last two wins you'd say well this team can lose to anybody now you look at it and you go okay Well, they're probably going to be favored in in every game but one, which is at San Francisco. And they've got some tough games still on the schedule. You know, they still got to play Cincinnati at home. And the Bengals, last time I checked, are a pretty good football team, AFC champions. But I still think they'll be favored in that game. However, you can't guarantee that what happened two weeks ago in Germany in a completely different atmosphere against a completely different team that you're just going to waltz in to Cleveland, Ohio, where it's going to be about below 40 degrees um, on the lake, and you're going to replicate that performance that you had in Munich. It's just, it just doesn't happen that way. Let's start with, as we should every time, Steve, the health of the team. This is ominous to me. Vita Vea didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, as we do this podcast, we'll, we'll update it You know, as we get closer to the game time. I don't know that it's that serious, but he's got a foot injury. And he's a three hundred and fifty something plus man, and the run defense, which is the Browns are going to try to run the absolute heck out of the ball. That's what they do. They come, they they get off the bus and they're running, and uh, and so you know Nick Chubb uh, is is going to try to tear it up, and and you know that's that's their game plan, and they use the play action with Jacoby Brissett. Um, you know they they have an their identity, and they and they stick to it, and. It's been successful. So the Bucks are going to have to find a way to stop the run. Well, if Vita Vea is not healthy, <laughs> you know, it's a different deal. I mean, he leads the team in sacks with six and a half. Um, he's coming off a tremendous game in Germany. And the big difference for him in particular has been the guy next to him. Akeem Hicks has come back off his injury the last couple of weeks, and these teams don't know how to block these two guys. They're both enormous football players that get tremendous physical push up the middle. You sometimes have to use, you know, four blockers uh, to block two, and that frees up the edge guys. It frees, frees up the linebackers behind them, uh, all of that. So if Vita Vea can't go, you're not the same run defense, and that's a problem because these guys are going to run the ball. We talked to Devin White uh, a little bit on Wednesday, and he said, I was just telling – Antoine Winfield Jr., man, these are the games I love. I get off the bus knowing that I'm going to have 15 tackles today. I'm going to have 15 tackles today because they're going to try to run it right at us downhill, and I'm going to try to impose my will on them. I love these games. I, they, You know what they're going to do, and they're going to do it. And from that standpoint, you know, that, that sort of plays into what the Bucs' strength has been um, until this year. You know, they were giving up some rushing yards, and then Akeem Hicks got healthy. And I think that's really changed things. Antoine Winfield Jr. is healthy as well. Um, that's a big part of their run defenses, you know, in, in addition to uh, the dudes up front. So, uh, to me, you know, this game is, is going to be all, be all about – it's it's old school football. It's going back a few years where, you know what, whoever runs the ball and stops the run is going to win the game. And, and you don't say that in today's modern NFL very much, but you're going to say it about this game because – if If the bucks did anything right uh if you could point to one thing that you really liked about their game in Germany, it's quite simply they ran the football, they ran it, and they kept running it, and they ran it successfully, and they ran it with Rashad White primarily, you know they finally got the rookie in there, he started the game because Lenon fournette had trouble with his passport, they didn't know if he was going to make make the flights so they had to get they had to get white ready. And boy, did he respond! He looked decisive. Um, I love his running style. He's pretty patient, and then, boom, he hits a hole. He's always falling forward, and you know he can do he can do the job in the passing game and in, in pass protection as well. Um, I just think right now he's a better back. I mean that you know it's a product bottom line business. Nothing against Lenny personally, but you know I like what White brought to the table, and there's still room to play both of them. So. He's got to be the main ball carrier in this game. If he's not, then the Bucks didn't watch this, the same game that I watched in Germany. And then the other thing that Todd Bowles told us um, you know, on Wednesday was that we know Luke Gedeke is, is back practicing, you know, which is a big deal. And even though he's back, the, you know, the question remains, are you going to actually make a change and take Nick Leverett out of that spot and award it, you know, back again to to get a key. And I guess what what Todd Bowles told us is that look, it was his first day out in pads. He hasn't practiced any. It's been several weeks, and he told us that that no, in fact, Leverett will start the game. And so that's that's a good thing, right? That you you recognize that this this veteran who's not the best or the strongest uh, guard. Center type in the league, that he's just giving you better play. You know, he's using his leverage. He's, you know, turning guys when he needs to turn them, and 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 the hit, you know, and the offense is responding. So, thank goodness that you know they're not just going to say, "All right, well, Luke's back. Run him out there." You know, it's not going to work that way. You got, we're, it's all about production now. So, I, I think the Bucks. This is a game that they should win. Cleveland is not playing well, it doesn't mean they will win. There are some elements you know, that we mentioned. The cold and, and, and likely wind coming off that lake can always have an effect. Um, but if you get this, now it's three in a row. And now you, you, know, you might have a one-game lead or over a game-and-a-half lead over Atlanta. And you start to stack wins. They've been very good after the bye under Bruce Arians. I expect them to be very good uh, this time after Todd Bowles. So I I would be I'd be surprised if they go out there and lay the proverbial egg. And if they do, if they go out there and they can't run the football, um which has been their problem, you know, up until Germany. If, if they can't pick up short yardage, if they're no good in the red zone and they hang, you know, 10 or 12 on a on a team and wind up losing, I would Think that Byron Leftwich is going to have a very uncomfortable conversation. You know, because these coaches have had a bye week now to do a lot of self scouting, um, a lot of evaluating of players like Rashad White. Uh, And I think that, you know, they should have a pretty good idea that the formula they used, you know, in this last game against Seattle will play anywhere, especially when your defense is playing at a high level. So, it, this is an interesting game. It's kind of a trap game in the sense that the Browns aren't doing much. They're not a sexy team. They're certainly not leading their division. But still very capable, especially at home. They've got a good defense now. you know. They, they really do. And they can get after the quarterback with you. You know, uh, Miles Garrett, what is it? J- 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 Clowney is still on the other side. You've got two outside rushers. But what teams are doing is they're running the ball at them. And that's really negating that pass rush um offensively we talked about Brissett and chubb um they're also getting great play from amari cooper uh who's you know really standing out so uh that'll be a challenge as well for the bucks to try to cover him so i i like the bucks in this game somebody asked me do you pick games anymore i go no i don't but i i do kind of know stories and i think that i think brady after the bye has been pretty good um he seems refreshed. He seems very happy. His son, Jack was down here the other day, uh, spending, you know, Thanksgiving, of course, with his pops and stuff. And I think, I think his mind space is really good. Now he didn't stand up there and sugarcoat anything. He said, look, that's a tough city. That's a really tough football team. The weather's going to be a factor. Like we're going to have to go in there and play really well. So, you know, he wasn't counting his victories as you wouldn't expect him to do. Um, but but, I think Buck's fans should have an expectation that their team is going to beat the Cleveland Browns, who have done nothing uh, to indicate that they're you know going to have a very good season. So I like the Bucks. Uh, I like them to to stop the run if Vita plays. If he doesn't, it's probably you know more time for Logan Hall perhaps inside, and, and it's what you do with that opportunity if he gets it. Um, but that would be a big loss, especially now that Hicks is back, because I think those two guys together are really dynamic. Before we get off the box, I, I, I just wanted to um, sort of alert you to a story I did in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay dot about Cam Brate, Cameron Brate. We finally got a chance to really kind of talk to him with some detail. You know, he had has had a, a hell of a couple of weeks uh, with uh, the severe concussion that he got that knocked him out for you know parts of, of two games, um, and then then that was quickly followed up uh, in the game in Pittsburgh when he got hit by miles Jack and, you know, he tried to get up, got knocked, knocked down on the ground. And I was thinking in the, in the press box at the time, I was like, Oh my God, this guy's just coming off a concussion. I think he just got hit in the head. And that's probably like, you know, started the symptoms and this could be really, really bad because he was so close, you know, to the time that he was cleared to play. Um, and it was worse than that. Like, you know, he's down on the ground, he didn't expect Jack to be there when he caught the boy. turned around, got walloped. And he starts to get up, and then he realizes he can't get up. And he puts both hands on either side of his helmet and just kind of like sits there like he has a big headache or something. And then the trainers come out. And then it gets frantic all of a sudden where before long, there's a too many trainers and too many doctors. And now they're unscrewing his face mask and putting him on the proverbial, you know, uh, headboard and then the stretcher. Uh, and you never want to see a player have to go off the field that way, never, much less Cam Brate. Uh and, and so you're thinking, gosh, combined with the fact that he's had this concussion and now whatever this is with the neck, um, he gave it a thumbs up off the field, so you felt fairly confident that he, you know, was going to be okay. But you're also thinking that might be the last we see of Cam Brate, because, you know, he's 31 years old, and, and, and a guy from Harvard with as much, you know, future as he has you just can imagine that everybody is close to him anyone that loves cam brate's calling and saying hey man um yeah i think it's time you know i really think you need to consider maybe stepping away Uh, but that didn't happen and you know brate loves this sport i mean what these guys do to get ready on sundays and play and the hits they take and how they make it back is always been remarkable to me but it's like a drug to them like he you know he's played what, eight or nine years, he's made uh, about $27 million. Uh, he's had a great career. And this is another stat that will blow you away. With one more touchdown, he ties Jimmy Giles for the second most in franchise history. Not just tight ends, but all, all receivers. And, you know, he was close to the end zone in Germany the other day. But we got a chance to talk to him and, about his injuries. And he was sort of like, yeah, you know, it's scary, man. You never want to leave the field that way. And he knew fairly quickly or early on that, you know, he still had sensation and feeling in his extremities and stuff. The scary thing was for his wife, who we know very well, Brooke Skelly, who worked, the former Brooke Skelly, who worked in the Bucks Communications Department. Um, I think she became a director before it was over. But uh, at any rate, you know, she, fortunately for her, she had been around the game a good bit. And she knows how much injuries are a part of it. And she knows how good the training staffs are that, you know, they're going to take care of Cam. But at the time, you know, they're in Pittsburgh and she's back here in Tampa. And they're having a watch party with about 12 other wives or girlfriends. So imagine this scene, you know, around the TV when it's your husband um, who suddenly is getting strapped to a, you know, to a backboard in in his face mask unscrewed and everybody's kind of falling apart around her. You read this story again on dot com, and she's sort of steady about it. Like she's very clinical and everything. And, um, fortunately for the bucks before they even got the stretcher out on the field, uh, they were able to call her hand, hand the phone to the trainer, Bobby Slater. And he reassured her that, you know, everything's okay with cam. We're taking great precautions, uh, because of the, where the nature of the injury was, um, So she was fine, but man, he's been through the ringer. And and for, for a guy from Harvard that has so much going on for him, uh, a beautiful new wife that just got married this, this past summer. uh, I told him, I said, man, you must really love football. He goes, I do. I do. Like he, there was never a thought other people for sure, never a thought by him that he wouldn't come back and play. Um, And he wants to keep playing beyond this season as well. So uh, good for Cam. Good to have him back. And you just hope that um, everything is taken care of uh, at this point with his neck and his concussion and all of that. All right, we'll wrap it up with this. We had one final mailbag question that somebody had that uh, I'm going to tackle. I don't know how successfully I'm going to try.
2: All right, Tim had tweeted us. He says, as we take this week to reflect on things we are thankful for, as a reporter, what are the top five stories over all the years of covering Tampa Bay sports you're most thankful for having the opportunity to write about? He says, obviously, Super Bowls and Stanley Cups, but what else?
1: Uh, well, I never did a Stanley Cup, so you can you know, scratch that off your list. I wish I could ma- add it to mine because it's something I would truly enjoy. Um, I, there's been some significant stories throughout the years about the Bucks that I have that I have written, and you know, through luck or some other means, they 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 became impactful stories, and that things changed after having written them. Um, and I just kind of run through them quickly here, but one of them was. Um, you know, back in Tony Dungy's final season, uh, they were going to make the playoffs, and and as most of their seasons went under him, they were going to go to Philadelphia and and die up there. That season was going to end against a really good Eagles team, and Tony Dungy didn't have a contract beyond that season. Now, here's one of the most the most successful coach in Bucks franchise history at the time um, made the playoffs. I think what four out of six years completely changed. You talk about culture; he changed the culture in that locker room and elsewhere, and, you know, he's on the hot seat, but not just on the hot seat. He's going to get fired unless he somehow upsets Philadelphia and goes all the way and wins the Super Bowl. How do I know this? Good reporting. That's how I knew this. In the meantime, before he ever coached that wild card game up in Philadelphia, and, yes, they did lose handily, the Bucks already have a, a, a secret deal, an agreement with Bill Parcells who's working for ESPN at the time to coach the Bucks, And sure enough, um, you know, I did a bunch of interviews and, and talked to a bunch of people, knew the story was right, um, who the staff was going to be. They would retain the defensive staff, uh, the chance they would probably bring in a different GM and stuff like that. Uh, and, and I write the story and yeah, you know what? He, they lost and they lost big and Tony Dungy got fired. Um, and, you know, that that was a big deal, man. It was a, it was a damn big story. Uh, and then that led to the trade, eventually, of John Gruden, who came into the process, you know, very late. And, you know, so that that was significant. You know, Parcells backed out. It was the second time he was a runaway bride for the Bucks. He backed out, I think, primarily because he got a lot of pushback from the coaching committee that, you know, really, you went after that guy. You know, Tony Dungy, really? Like, that's the job? You try to kneecap him? I think that bothered him, and the fact that I think he was going through a divorce, and so any kind of mega contract he signed might still uh, be split uh, in a couple of ways. But he got cold feet again uh, and decided not to take the job, and that's how they ended up um, you know, with John Gruden, and the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, the other one, again, and I will be quicker, uh, is that uh, I was able to get the only one-on-one to this point um, for, uh, on Tom Brady uh, among local Tampa Bay media. Uh, the first year was COVID. We didn't get to talk to him in person at all. Um, after that, uh, I met with Alex Guerrero. I did a story on TB12, um, did a story on Brady and, and just, you know, his ability to defy time, Tom versus time. And and he's kicking time's butt. And I was able to sit down with him, look him in the eye. He's very present when you interview him. Um, he doesn't have his cell phone out. He's not looking to get out of there, uh, gives you great answers. And so that was, that was rewarding to me. At one point years ago, uh, I I was assigned to cover the Tampa Bay Rays for about a month. Mark Tompkin had some family issues he had to attend to, and uh, I was you know I was a beat writer, baseball beat writer, which for me was a thrill. Football season was over. I grew up playing baseball; that was my family sport. All of that, and in doing so, and it was only a couple of road trips or whatnot, but I got to know I got to know pretty well Joe Madden. You know, it was really cool getting to know Joe, and he was sort of in his prime, and you know, eventually, of course, Madden went to Chicago. And, you know, when we were in town, because my wife's from there, we'd, you know, find a way to get tickets, and he'd get us on the field. And uh, he's just a cool cat, man. Like, I've always, always loved Joe Madden. And I don't care whether you think he's a great manager or not, but um, the fact of the matter is it was a hell of a lot of fun covering his teams. And it was just good to know, you know, he's just good people. It's good people to know if you're in my business. Um, uh, Speaking of coaches, John Gruden, anything John Gruden. I mean, where would I be without being able to do John Gruden? But more than that, uh, the guy won a Super Bowl. And, you know, for him to come in here under the circumstances that it was with inheriting, you know, essentially another man's coaching staff, not knowing anybody, uh, he did a hell of a job. And, you know, you can say what you want about where he's at now with respect to not having a career and all of that, but you know, to me, John Gruden was was a lot of fun. I tell you what, man, I'm still talking about John Gruden. So that was that was important. Uh, and then you know the the trips that I've made. Uh, this job has allowed me to travel a lot. I've been to Japan. I was just thinking about this the other day. I've been to Japan, England three times, uh, Germany obviously, and and within the states, but not the continental United States. Hawaii several times to cover Pro Bowls. Um, which is, you know, hey, yeah, I'll go work in Hawaii, wink, wink. Like, who works really there? But I was able to do that. And, and so it's it's allowed me to see a lot of the country, a lot of Bucks fans across the country. And through a complete fluke that I had nothing really to do with, uh, one year the Bucks were playing in Washington in the preseason, uh, and the head of Secret Service called down, and he was interested in an article on creatine that the Bucks' strength coach was quoted in, and he wanted to talk to him and one thing led to another and the guy agreed uh that a small contingent of you know training staff front office in this case me uh we could go into uh the oval office, or into the white house take the tour which we did we saw the you know the expensive tour with the the china room and you know um all kinds of things where at that time Clinton was president where they had a bowling alley and everything else but then they took us to the West Wing, and nobody goes to the West Wing, right? Uh, and he goes, well, we go fast, we go down. And there we were. We walked through the Roosevelt Room, which they call that because his uh, Pulitzer pri- or, um, uh, yeah, peace prize is up there in the mantel. And, so, and then they, you open this sort of enormous uh, protected door, and I'm in the Oval Office. Coolest thing I've ever done before or since as part of this job. Is I'm standing behind the resolute desk that was Lincoln's desk, and Kennedy's desk, Clinton, and I'm taking a picture in the most powerful office uh, in the world, and it was to this day it's inspiring to me that um, that I was one of the few people that were able to get there and just you know sort of finagle my way in until there we were, man, inside inside the Oval Office. So yeah, lot of lot of things there, a lot of things to unpack, um, but uh, those are some of the. The, the the things that I'm glad I didn't miss out on. Let's put it that way. I don't know if they're the best stories or the best memories, but those are those are important things I was able to do. All right. So uh, thanks for those couple questions. I uh, hope you enjoyed the, the the breakdown of the Bucks and the Cleveland Browns important game for them. Obviously, they try to keep their lead in the NFC South. Uh, big, I guess you call it football, European football, soccer, World Cup. Uh, going on u.s versus england u.s coming off a tie uh, which i don't know that they were very happy with to be honest with you but england's a step up in class one of the best teams in uh, the world cup so that'll be fun this afternoon the lightning play tonight against the st louis blues that game's at 8 p.m a little later than normal for television and then of course it's florida florida state i mean uh heck of a rivalry uh hopefully a good game The Gators go into Tallahassee. We'll see how all that turns out. Matt Baker is there. Check him out on the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody.